Yeah, this is almost like a better use case for large office buildings and, and manufacturing facilities that want to get into the IoT realm. Back to For the Future, your podcast about all things Industry 4.0 and beyond. I am your host, Mark. And this is Michael. And in today's episode, we're going to cover Wi-Fi 6. But first, a little bit of news. This week, as it happens every year, Apple dropped their latest phones. And I mean, not much has changed. Uh, the pros have a nicer screen. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, 120 hertz feels good, though, right? If you have a newer iPad, you're used to that um, that yeah. variable refresh rate screen. People really like that, um, myself included. So <laughs> that's what I'm excited for, actually looking at replacing the old iPhone 8 at this point. Um, but yeah, pretty in- incremental. I don't think uh, very many people are going to go and trade out their 12 for 13. Um, yeah. Unless you're that kind of person, which more power to you, right? Yeah. And you bring up an interesting fact. So I think with the iPhone 13, the screen is variable where it'll change its its hertz from you know 10 to 30 to 60 to 120. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the iPads do that. I think the iPads are a static oh. 120, which I, that's why I think okay. it's a new thing for the phones. Because some people were saying like OnePlus phones, they do that variable refresh. And mm-hmm. some people will notice like if you're on Reddit and you're scrolling there would be like a judder because it's ramping up that speed. And that's not hmm. something we've seen on the iPads yet because they are, they're just at a, a 120 hertz. So hmm. it'll be interesting to see how these phone screens react to that change in speed because it's it's a new technology for Apple. I know Dave 2D was talking about that. He's interested to get hmm. his hands on a new phone because that's one thing he's noticed with his 120 hertz screen phones is that they all have this judder when they ramp up from even 30 up to 120. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've uh, the coverage. I mean, until anybody has an actual phone in hand, it's pretty mm-hmm. hard to see and get like their actual take on it. I mean, they've all got the like the mock ups or whatever. You know, people make like the engineering samples. Yeah. They don't work, um, but they just they're supposed to look like the new phone. Um, so I'm excited to see. I think on the 20 f- pre orders, I think opened up yesterday and then 24th. I think you can actually start buying them like in stores and stuff. So yeah. it'll be super interesting to see what they have to say once they get hands on. But um, that's a good point. I didn't think about that with a variable refresh. I mean, I would imagine if Apple is going to do something, they usually wait until like it's good, which I do like about them. Um, so I would imagine if they're going to, if they're going to go for a variable refresh that they've got it figured out. But you're right. I, I could imagine that that would be hard to as someone instantaneously taps and, and wants it to start scrolling really smoothly, you know, um, going from 10 to 120 hertz instantaneously could be tricky to pull off and make it look smooth. Um, but but it should save battery, too. I mean, that was one of the nice things to see, too, is um, the battery was improved pretty nicely from the 12, mm-hmm. um, which that's always good. As someone who has to charge their phone like two to three times a day, um, I'm super looking forward to having a phone that lasts a whole day again. <laughs> I mean, you have an eight, so there's probably some battery degradation that's happened on yours too. But yes, yeah. it will be nice. Yeah. It, it was awesome when I first got it, you know, yeah. like four years ago. It was great. But I think it used to last me like two days, which is awesome. But yeah, it's 
Um, the only reason I survive is because I charge it in my car on the way to work and from work every day. If I wasn't like when I'm when I work from home once in a while that, yeah, I have it like on a pad charger all the time. It's not good. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. But um, yeah. so anyway, that's kind of our big news topic for the for the day. And to segue into today's topic, um, this is the third phone from Apple that is going to support Wi-Fi 6 and 5G. Um, and I know we've mentioned Wi-Fi 6 in the past uh, on, I think, I think podcast number five, mm-hmm. um, or we were comparing 5G to Wi-Fi 6, but mostly the, the um, podcast was centered around 5G. So we figured we'd dive into Wi-Fi 6 a little bit more with this one. In a quick overview of how Wi-Fi technology has progressed you know, through the ages, Wi-Fi has been around a while. In 1999, it was you know first became available for home use. That's a that was a pretty big jump from dial-up and you know the the internets of the past. And so at that time, 2.4 gigahertz was the main frequency. I mean, most devices at that time used 2.4. And as a quick over, overview between the two, there's 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz today. 2 gigahertz is really good for long distances. And at the time, most devices just had that. That's what uh, they had all been created with. But as time went along, 2.4 was getting pretty crowded. More devices were getting onto networks. And the 2.4 gigahertz really just can't control that much traffic. So Mm -hmm. with that, 5 gigahertz came around. So 5 gigahertz allows for more data. So as you're, you know, as you're streaming videos on Netflix and stuff, 5 gigahertz is the connection you want to be using for that. Yeah, and you you probably know this today is, you know, if you go to someone's house, they'll have two networks and it'll be the 2.4 and the 5 gig or it'll say, um, you know, slow network, fast network. So you always, if you can, you want to be on the 5 gig network when you, you know, go over to someone's place or whatever. Um, you're going to get better service as long as you are in the room with the router, right? So 2.4, um, while it's it doesn't have that high throughput and as fast as speed, it will work better when you walk into another room um, if you're venturing further away from that router. So that's important to know. And actually, if you can get connected to both networks, um, as you're, as you, if you have a newer phone, like with Wi-Fi six, it could actually do a better job of picking which network to work with, um, which is really nice. So you'll have, when you're close to a router, you'll have a really good 5g, really fast internet connection. And then as you venture further away from that access point, um, your phone will transition to the 2.4 where you're going to have a more stable long range connection. Yeah. You may like that's a perfect comparison 5g does not travel well through walls mm-hmm. floors things like that you really need a direct connection to like today's yep. 5g so that's where that 2.4 gigahertz comes in handy if you're you know three levels down or something like that you'll need that type of gigahertz and that was also like a, a good segue into the progression of wi-fi is that dual band routers came around so just like michael was talking about it would automatically switch you between the 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz, depending on where you are in relation to that router. So as 2020 rolled around, Wi-Fi 6 was born. And so with Wi-Fi 6, it does boast a faster connectivity. It went up from 3.5 gigabits on Wi-Fi 5 up to 9.6 gigabits per second on Wi-Fi 6. Not that most people have that kind of speed, yeah. But it's, <laughs> I think the biggest thing that they're trying to push with Wi-Fi 6 is that with more devices coming on to the network, we have our IoT that we've talked about before, thinking like five years back, 
smart TVs weren't as popular. You didn't have Roombas being connected to the internet. Smart uh, webcams or security cameras all connected. Yeah. The amount of connected devices has just like grown exponentially. And I think in a yeah. previous episode, we talked about kind of how many devices have been on the network going through the years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by like 2025, there's going to be, you know, billions of devices connected to the internet. So this technology becomes ever more important. Yeah, I think we uh, dug up a um, white paper that was saying in like 2018, the average number of uh, connected devices per U.S. household was like five. Um, By 2020, 2021, it's like 10. So it doubled in like two or three years. And now they're saying in the next couple of years, they're expecting to see 50 devices on average per U.S. household. Um, So you can imagine that this this is going to get to be more and more beneficial as time goes on. And that's like, I think the, if you're going to take one thing away from this, from this episode of the podcast, that Wi-Fi six is not about getting you 10 gig networking, which is great if you have that and a device that needs that and stuff. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really about that. This router is much better, you know, dual band, you get two things can connect to it and talk at the same time, right? A tri-band router, which used to be like the gaming router, can have three things talking all at once. (laughs) Wi-Fi 6 routers can, instead of needing to dedicate a band to one device to talk and being like serial, so basically the router has to go, each band has to go through and ping and check with every single device connected to that that router um, one at a time. So if you have... 10 things connected. It has to go one at a time through all 10 and then get back to the first device. So if you're on your phone, you know, all your friends are laying on the couch, you know, on their phones or whatever, it has to ping to each and every person and one, one another. So your request to YouTube or Reddit or whatever, it's going to have to wait in line until it comes all the way back around to you. And the big difference is, is that Wi-Fi 6 can do a couple of cool tricks and we'll talk about kind of the specifics of it. But essentially, it can talk to all the devices at once with each clock cycle of the router, which is really cool. Um, so you're not waiting in line for your your router to check in with the light bulbs, which are off, and check in with the Roomba, which isn't scheduled to run until this <laughs> afternoon, right? It, it knows that those things don't need to be checked in on very frequently, and it can just use a lower a lower frequency band to check in with them and not burn up your your uh, that sweet, sweet uh, five gig network um, <laughs> that you want for scrolling YouTube or whatever you want to be doing, right? So, Michael, how do you know if your router or any of your devices even support Wi-Fi 6? Yeah, that's a good question. So the nice thing is, is all the nerds who work on Wi-Fi decided that uh, the Wi-Fi nomenclature was really confusing and they finally decided to update it and change it, which is also confusing, but I think it'll it's for the better. Um, so you used to see probably like 802.11 and then a couple of letters. And that's how they used to define networks. So, you know, like Wi-Fi, now they classify it by like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. It used to be like 802.11a and then b and then g and then n. And so you used to see like on your router, it would be a, b, g, n, you know, with like slashes in between, which is super confusing. (laughs) Um, So Wi-Fi 5 was 802.11ac because they skipped c for some reason. And now it's 802.11ax, and that is the the that's the technical term for Wi-Fi six. Um, but if you're going to Costco or Walmart or whatever, and you're running out and buying your you know a Wi-Fi six router immediately after this podcast, um, the box will probably say Wi-Fi six on it now. And I think going forward, they're going to stick with just calling the next generation of Wi-Fi just six, seven, eight. 
instead of coming up with these letter desert these suffixes because it was kind of confusing it's a lot of numbers and like what does 802.11 even mean which i don't even really know i'd have to look that up and why it's classified that way but um anyway that's that's how you'll make sure that that device or that that router is good for um for wi-fi 6 connection and you know the the devices that are going to support that um you know, any iPhone after the 11 series is going to support Wi-Fi 6 and I think 5G as well. That might be the 12 for 5G, but I'll have to double check on that one. Yeah, that's correct. So so basically every new iPhone, most new flagship, you know, Android phones also will support Wi-Fi 6. Actually, Android's probably been supporting it for a little while longer than iPhone. That's pretty typical. And then it looks like most most uh, higher end laptops, twenty the you know, year twenty twenty and after, uh, your Wi Fi chip inside of your laptop is going to be Wi Fi six compatible. So um, you're going to take it's going to take advantage of all these new features. So um, the the device that is on a Wi Fi six network does not need to be Wi Fi six compatible, but if it is, it can take advantage of some of the like the beam forming and um, you know, navigating between multiple different, uh, you know, streams. It can also take advantage of, um, like the, uh, Wi-Fi 6E, which is where you get that 160 megahertz, that really fast, very short range connection speed. Um, so if you have a router that can support that, a Wi-Fi 6 device will be able to take in that, um, that really high frequency, uh, data stream, which, if you're streaming 4k, you know, to your home network or something like that, you could maybe take advantage of that for a phone. 160 megahertz connections are probably not necessary, but could be kind of cool if you want to you know, show off for all your techie friends, right? <laughs> show these really ridiculous, you know, connection speeds to your home network. Um, again, that kind of connection speed will be probably, you know, way over what your actual, connection in from your um from your optical cable or like your service to your apartment or to your house that that really fast speed is going to be five times what your house is even getting so even if all the data in your for your entire house was going to your phone the 160 megahertz connection would be more than that so not really necessary unless you're transferring files around on a local network or something but some people do that and that could be a really nice feature to have i think a good summary is that Wi-Fi 6 is going to be used as a marketing tool, right? So if if you're looking to get mm-hmm. something Wi-Fi 6, I'm sure it's going to say it on the box. And if you yeah. don't see it, you know, blatantly stated on the front of the box, flip it around and see if it says 802.11.ax. You know, that's yeah. that'll be your call sign. Yeah, and, and like the tech specs on the back somewhere, it'll it'll yeah. say AX. Just look for a, the the letters AX, and then you know that it's a Wi-Fi six router. So, so we talked about some of the devices that are supporting it. We talked about you know how to make sure you're buying a Wi-Fi six router when you finally update whatever you have at your place. Um, so, what are some of the technologies that actually make Wi-Fi six so great? So, a couple of them, and we talked a little bit about how basically the router is able to essentially um, talk to multiple devices all at once. It's able to deal with congestion and interference between on network channels a little better. Um, it also has beam forming. So those are kind of the three main things that make Wi-Fi 6 really, really robust and better at handling like um, just congestion and more noise on a Wi-Fi signal. So the, the first one is called OFDMMA, and that's the, that's the acronym for... Um, basically the idea that the Wi-Fi signal doesn't have to check in with one device at a time and can split up and talk to multiple devices all at once, which is 
really nice, right? You can imagine if you've got 50 things that all have to wait in line and all get checked in with, um, that's really going to slow things down. So that's a really nice technology to have there. Yeah, I think the a good visualization for that is yeah. your router is the center dot with Wi-Fi 5 and older. That dot has a ripple effect that goes out and spreads its signal to all devices. And then they all get pinged. They all have to wait in line to you know, then send back, yeah, I'm ready. I need, I need some signal mm-hmm. versus Wi-Fi six, that center router still just has straight lines out of it. And it just goes straight to your device. It's almost mm-hmm. like your own, you know, private little network. It's just linked up to you. It's not waiting for anyone else. You are its number one priority. And that number one priority gets sent to every device on your network. Yeah. And maybe a, a good way it's, it's easier with a visual. We're trying to, we're trying yeah. to explain a couple of visuals that we've got. Um, just by talking through it. But it's almost like instead of like one channel being dedicated and having to move the one channel from device to to device, the channel is now divided into sub channels and each mm-hmm. device gets like a piece of the channel. And, and then that as the, the Wi-Fi um, router is processing it, basically each clock step, it's checking in with all those sub channels. So like Mark was saying, it's it's going straight to your device and talking with it directly all at the same time, which Obviously, if the more devices you have, the more that you're going to benefit from a Wi-Fi 6 um, technology. And then if you want the, uh, the acronym spelled out, it's Orthogonal Frequency Division Multiple Access. That's what OFDMA stands for. So um, <laughs> if that makes more sense to you, great. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's awesome. <laughs> and then the other, the other technology, so OBSS or Overlapping Basic Service Sets. So this one's interesting, especially if you live like in an apartment complex or somewhere where there's a lot of like router traffic. Um, I know like one trick that we used to use and when we were in college is um, we would do a little Wi-Fi scan and we would see what channels like all the routers around us were using. And usually your router does a pretty good job of trying to pick a channel and stick with it. And so what we would do is we would look to check the whole band and we would notice like, you know, it's channel one through 16 and you know, one through 14 are really busy. So we would lock our router into channel 16, for instance, right? And so Mm -hmm. the idea was that our router wasn't going to be busy running into interference, checking running into other people's, um, you know, Wi-Fi signals around us, and it would have a clear channel to talk directly to our devices. So we would theoretically get a little better internet service. Um, And the reason this is, is that older Wi-Fi protocols had a listen before talk mentality. So they would they basically would have to scan the channel, make sure there wasn't anything else going on on it above a certain level, right? And if there if if there wasn't, then it would send the data. So instead of doing that now, um, basically with a Wi-Fi six router, they describe it as like a color. So it's basically able mm. to like transcode it in a way so it can still use the channel that it wants to use, but it's able to um, reconfigure it a little bit so that it's differentiated from all the noise around it. So again, this is a feature that if you're in a house in the suburb and you d- you can't hardly see your neighbor's networks, you know, when you check your phone, um, not going to really apply to you too much. But if you live in a really busy apartment complex or a dorm or something like that, um, this technology could be really, really helpful. Yeah. And if you don't have a Wi-Fi 6 router, a little pro tip is that built into Apple software, they have a Wi-Fi scanner and you'll scan the Wi-Fi around you and it'll actually say, here's the best 2.4 gigahertz network to join or channel to join. And here's the best 5 gigahertz channel to join. And then you can go into your router settings and actually just select those. 
and do a speed test again. And I think you'll notice a difference. I've done it in like we in our old apartment, we did it when I lived in a house with a whole bunch of other units. Um, I did it and it really mm-hmm. does help. So if you're having a struggling connection, you know, you should be getting this speed, but you're really not getting that speed. I would try doing a, a Wi-Fi mm-hmm. scan if you have an Apple product and see what you find. Yeah, that's a good good tech tip for the day for sure. <laughs> and then the last one to really talk about that really matters too much is beam forming, which that's a big thing for 5G. Um, so rather than a, a, a the antenna just spreading the signal just in a big circle all around looking, you know, scanning out for um, anything that might be in the connection area. Um, now it basically can use a series of antennas to direct and form the beam at the device. Um, and so this really improves signal integrity. It really reduces latency. Um, the whole idea is that, you know, the Wi-Fi people are trying to um, create parity with cables, right? The whole idea is can we replace mm. Ethernet cables with, you know, uh, with a beam, with a with a Wi-Fi signal? And I think they're getting closer and closer. Like, um, like we were kind of pointing out is that most people from day to day, you know, unless you're like a really hardcore gamer or you really like to have a, a desktop set up, um, the vast majority of Americans live on Wi-Fi and we're okay with it. You know, it's, yeah. it's really pretty good. It's only getting better. Um, I would really say that Wi-Fi 6 is almost just like a, it's a really nice improvement, but for most people, you know, you probably don't need to run out and go grab. You don't need to go trade out your Wi-Fi 5 or 4 router right now to get Wi-Fi 6 unless you're noticing delays. You've got, you know, you just bought a whole bunch of CASA, you know, connected light bulbs or something like that. And now your network is really slowing down. Unless you've got that kind of scenario, probably won't make that big of a difference for you. But it's still really cool. And when you go, when it's time to replace your router, um, definitely should look to get the newest the newest and latest and greatest um, while you're at it. So good to know about it. Yeah, this is almost like a better use case for large office buildings and, and manufacturing mm-hmm. facilities that want to get into the IoT realm. Oh, you know, yeah. it's that's a good point. Like the you can't put Ethernet drops at every little sensor you want to put mm-hmm. uh, in your manufacturing process. So it would be kind of nice to have this beam forming that all your devices, especially if they're transferring data every second or every minute you know it's just a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of data that needs to go through your network and so having these smart routers and you know, you know picking out the signals would be largely beneficial for those use cases i would agree with you that most people at their homes don't have enough devices really now mm-hmm. to be like oh yeah i need wi-fi 6 not unless you're you know i feel like you and i are a little more technically savvy and we mm-hmm. probably have more devices maybe than the average household like i know there's plenty here just you know sitting around me that are all mm-hmm. connected to wi-fi but for most americans and maybe, maybe most people around the world they don't have enough devices that are like affecting their speed that much yeah not yet not yet right right I think, yeah that's i think a good point. as as you start doing more like um smart light bulbs uh you know led strips um Replacing your TVs with like smart 4K TVs. Yeah, each of those will be trying to grab bandwidth. Yep. So, you know, just think about while you're sitting there watching Netflix and you and a significant other and the Roomba and, you know, all it's like all those devices, it can add up to 10, 20 devices really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, and think about it too, like, you know, as living in a single in a single household, um, you know, uh, 
when do you have lots of people, like lots of kids, like, you know, imagine a family of five or six, you know, all, and each one of them has a laptop and a phone and, you know, smart light bulbs and a little kid um, iPad or a Kindle really, device. Yeah, yeah like, all the iPads and e-readers. And yeah, I mean, uh, that can add up really quickly. And then, you know, going to the, the um, industrial side of it, just for a quick second, um, I think, yeah, Wi-Fi 6 is going to be the lower cost, um, safer, you know, probably more immediate way for companies to really get into internet of things and connect all their, all these devices to a network. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I know we definitely have been struggling at work with like our Wi-Fi integrity. Like there just isn't enough bandwidth for all the devices, everyone on their phone and all the new things that are connecting to the network. Right. Um, and so they're constantly having to update and you know change. I think they just went through and did Wi-Fi six routers through our entire building and it made a big difference which is awesome because it was pretty rough. But yeah. <laughs> but another big thing, like like you were saying, uh, you, it's really tough to drop Ethernet in like at each workstation or each assembly line or whatever it is, right? So um, having really good, reliable, uh, and low latency connection speeds between all these connected devices and all these different um, pieces of equipment. And as it's, it's important for the manufacturing process for them to be able to send data back and forth, um, like... You know, for instance, imagine like machines having to wait and sit and think and wait to hear back from another machine to tell it to go. It's like that would be costing a lot of money, um, you know, waiting on these little latency problems. So this kind of a thing is is really important for that. And on top of that, the nice thing with Wi-Fi 6 is because it can schedule um, like less frequent check-ins with like little low power devices, little battery powered sensors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, it can really improve battery life to these little right. um, these little tiny devices, which I, f I forgot to, uh, I'm glad I, I thought about that one. Because um, one of the new things is like these, these devices that are so low energy use, they, they use so little energy basically that they can actually just harvest energy from like radio signals going on around them. Right. And imagine just being able to have like a temperature humidity sensor like throughout, you know, along the walls throughout a whole plant. And it basically is just harvesting energy from the radio, the Wi-Fi signal energy going around and only has to ping data like once an hour yeah. to, you know, to the network. Right. I mean, how often, you know, the humidity and temperature of a building doesn't change very often. So just really, really infrequent, but could be really, really helpful to understand, you know, temperature and climate of a work center, right? And what's going on with inside of a building. So stuff like that, yeah. those kinds of things are going to um, go a long way to improving uh, just the, the feasibility of a lot of these kinds of things. Yeah, that's a really great point. So that is where we're going to end today's episode. I'm curious to hear everyone's thoughts. Do you have a Wi-Fi 6 device? Do you have a Wi-Fi 6 router? Do you notice a speed difference from your old, older tech? Would love to hear your comments uh, about that and about today's episode. Did you like what you heard? Was there something that we missed? If so, send us an email at forthefuturepod at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R, thefuturepod at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Yeah, we're always looking forward to have new ideas come in and hear what you guys have to say. So, yeah, go ahead, do that. Um, find us on Reddit as well. That's another one. Mm -hmm. So that's also for the future uh, pod as well. So great discussion today. And uh, we'll get back to you next week. This is Michael. And uh, have a good one. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.